this song and I thought, fuck, I only know one country singer and I don't know that song. And then you're like, there's a man in one of your games with the same name except his last name's Cage. What, Johnny Cash? And she goes, yes. We did. Terrible clue. No, it was a good clue. But we found out. Ripley. Believe it or not. Yeah. He had a cat named, like, Toby and Kyle because it had two faces. Wow. But it wasn't Toby and Kyle. No, it was like something and something. Paul and butt. And it looked till it was 15, even though it was fucking deformed as shit. Do you know the sharks don't have any bones? The Kyle are just like snakes. I know, so they don't have many bones. Yeah, but you don't need bones. I've I've got an argument with 17 children under the age of 16 today because sharks don't have bones. And they were like, yes, it does, miss. And you're like, no, it doesn't. Yeah, they they kept, they're like, all sharks are jellyfish in disguise. And I'm like, teeth and a bone. And I'm like, but it has a jaw. And I'm like, jaw is cartilage. Seriously, I have an argument with 17 under. 16 year olds today. Yeah, but you should have been like, you guys are fucking dumb kids. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know nothing. I'm teaching you a thing right now. And I told them to take their arguments to the internet. I, I don't care. Yeah. Do you know sharks are deathly allergic to eggs? The oh, and they'll right. melt if they eat an egg? No. No. I would. You said that so seriously. I was like, no. <laughs> Stop trying to mess with my head. Sharks have a tongue, though. <laughs> Tongue's not bone. Tongue's made of cartilage. <laughs> oh, my God. No, the tons of interest you in a nice egg in this trying time. Ladies and future boys, this is a trying time. Welcome to another episode of the School for Wayward Nerds. The only podcast to be unleashed during a Lime Street seance. My name is Terry DePaula, and today I am reliving one of my favourite comic book experiences. I better go get them. Um, when I was fresh-faced and a little noob and starting to read comics, I ordered um, a cheap four-part miniseries online. It arrived, and when I opened up the bubble wrap, I was just hit. Uh, right in the face. Yeah, the smell was like a jack-in-a-box in that plastic wrap. It smelled like um, Australian people, didn't it? No, it did not. Cigarettes. Yeah. Hey, can I sniff it? Yeah, you're damn right you can. Take, the, take one and pass it to all, I guess. You don't smell anything. you got to get in the spine. you got to open it up and put your smells in it. I can smell a little bit. Ah. Meg's nose is about to get fucked. The scent of... Oh, yeah. Yep. The, the scent, scent of dust, dust, ink, and, like, cigar smoke have pe- permeated my books. Mm. And I fucking love it. Yeah. The, they you smell like... They smell like old noir detective offices, you know? <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the, my, my versions of these comics had, like, a history, obviously. They had some, they'd seen some shit, and that might have helped set my preference over those perfect sealed in plastic investment books that haven't been touched before, you know? Yeah. Um, this four-issue miniseries was Batman the Cult. Joining me and smelling my comics, we have the White Collar. That's not very single issue, they're fat bitch. Yeah, boy. They're big boys. Uh, we've got Megan Chikatilo. Oh. Big boys. <laughs> big boys and their fancy toys. Am I I'm more than one? Yep. Wow. And our producer, I'm Kai Steen, is here. I would like it to be known that I did not sniff the comics. Sniff the comics. No! Oh, you might. I don't want to sniff the comics. You gotta come and cuddle with me. Cat has been conquered. Emotionally conquered cat. No, please don't conquer my cat. It's too late. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, um, feel free to rate, review, and scrub scribe to the podcast. Um, what are they going to do to the podcast? Scrub scribe. Scrub scribe. Alright, we are all here, and the show has been plugged, so... Let us join this cult with the cat. Hey, that's okay. Cat cult. Cat has decided we are. Cat cult. Cat cult. Don't throw your cat. No, she's a pult in it. She's a poltergeist cat. Upholstering. Upholstering the cat. Giving the cat his ear. Oh my god. 
It got worse as you went. Like, I'm the flesh upholsterer. Okay, Ed Gein, you fuck. Um, Alright, we're going to start things off when The Dark Knight Returns hit the shelves in 1986, and it had set a tone that Batman still echoes from to this day. It was dark, it was gritty, and ignored all the things that separated Batman from an anti-hero. Um, whether you like it or don't, it had changed the world of comics forever. Things like Green Arrow's Longbow Hunters and Spider-Man Reign were direct responses to it. Um, I bring this up because after its success, DC wanted more stories in its style. Uh, writer Jim Starlin, artist Bernie Wrightson, colorist Bill Ray, and letterer Todd Clean were brought together in 1988 um, when the cult issue one hit the shelves in DC's prestige line, which is why they're big, fat, and high quality. And they're fucking embossed as well. Issue one might be embossed the rest of the time. <laughs> Colorist would be fun because all you do is color in all these. Yeah, especially if you have like Microsoft Paint. Well, here you go. Here you go. This one's blue. This one's blue. What I gave you the colors. What are you doing that one? The great team for the series. Bill Race. I think it's Ray. Ray. It's with the W. Ray with the W. Um, coloring has so much black to it. But bounced, sorry, but bounced it off of those super vibrant, um, overly contrasting colours. Like that. Oh yeah, it looks like a huge trick. It does. Oh, wow. Thanks. Straight edge Meg. <laughs> Straight edge Meg. <laughs> Yeah, during Zero Year, it was heavy on the blacks, but every colour was, like, super fucking neon. Like, bright oranges, a lot of pinks were there. The sky was never blue like a normal sky or red like a classic Gotham. It was always, like, the orangiest shit. And a lot of that's in here, too. Like, it's got that same style. It's very ahead of its time, I think. Um, Ray has a, 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 a good resume. Yeah, this was like his backup job while he was doing uni. Like, this is the shit he was doing to kill time. That's cool. Yeah. And now it's like a really big book, and he's coloring it. It should be bigger. Yeah. That's what, that, we're going to go in very detailed with this, because it does not have any of the fame that it deserves. Well, from there he went, he like went and became an artist and an animator on shows like Ren and Stimpy and Samurai Jack. Heck yeah. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Batman the... He was also one of the Wu-Tang. Okay. So Batman the Cult was his side gig while he was going through university to create Samurai Jack. That's great. That's that's dope colorist resume. You did well, dude. Ren. <laughs> right. 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 The artist <laughs> of, of Bernie Wrightson fit the dust of the book with the history of horror titles he had did, uh, working on DC's House of Mystery and Marvel's Chamber of Darkness. Ooh, I was Chamber of Darkness. It's all the same, like, House of Mystery and anthology shit. And Tower of Shadows. Another one exactly the same. He co-created Swamp Thing. Did the Frankenstein comic adaptation. Apparently it's really good, but I've never seen it though. He did Heavy Metal. Yeah. The weird thing like the South Park episode. Well, I like that we only know it from shit that referenced it. And did a shitload of illustrations for Stephen King. Uh, another thing he did that was interesting was the concept art for the Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. The, the cool remake or the, the classic original? Like he did all the ghost designs Ew. for the... He just drew a green cloud with a face. I was, in my head, because I was picturing him doing a good job, I pictured, like, the librarian at the start, honestly. No, but I that's pictured me. the cool remake. Right, Jim Stalin has a big resume as well. 
he created Drax and Gamora and Thanos. So you're going to do smooth jazz. Yeah. Nah, because you said that you don't like the fact oh. that they call their husbands a daddy. Also, yeah. shout out to them boys dethroning that crap blue movie. Avatar, yeah. Yeah, about fucking oh, yeah. time. Until you add the inflation of movie going and then we're not quite there yet. Yeah, who cares about inflation? I don't care that you could buy a car for four dollars. The only thing I inflates my woman. No, Avatar shit and it's amazing that nothing had beaten it because why were so many people interested in it that shit. It holds no cultural mass at all. No one remembers it or cares in the slightest. Yeah, it's amazing. It's like, I've never seen the full thing. I don't think I have. I have. I couldn't get the time of my life back. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry, buddy. You look really upset. I'm sorry. <laughs> Working in Marvel's space books for years, Jim Stalin updated Adam Warlock and Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. And in 1992, it was right in the Infinity Gauntlet that it was what the last two Avenger movies were based on. Yeah, literally everything you've seen in the last couple Avengers movies. Is all just like straight out of Jim Starlin's fucking notebook. But not only did he do big space operas, <coughs> we see with Batman the Cult, he can do the dark, gritty, grounded story. He'd do the Star Wars, but he also do like the crimes and stuff. The month after Cult was finished, Jim's next book would already be hitting the shelves. Trey, you know what it is? Yes. What is it? Uh, Trey already knows, but he'd like you to tell the audience so they know what it is. No, Trey, what is it? It is. It's one of it's one of the books that you love because it gives you your man. Jesus Creepers. Death and your family. Uh-huh. Yep, he did this, and literally his next month's issue began Death of the Family. Alright, I've been working a lot of sleep. Okay. Um, we also can't forget Todd King, because he handwritten the speech bubbles for this book. Yeah, it's not often we do the dude who does the lettering, but fuck it, we'll give him props because the oh, colorist is... Todd? Todd. So, uh, I thought Todd I was worried that it was Tom, and I was like, how dare you guys give him a job? Oh. Because he does this thing where he makes you think he's a good Batman writer and then he tears it all down. It's not King. It's not, it's not Tom King. King at all. I know. I know now. Okay. Um, he did Dark Knight Strikes again. That's the highlighting is probably the best part of that, that comic. Yeah, it's poorly written. It's ugly as fuck. But I read the words, so good on Todd. I love when the words are there. And, and <laughs> nice little Todd, he also works on Doom Patrol. So they got their new trailer out. Ah, uh, Lobo, who totally hate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we all. Omega Man. He eating lots of fish. I don't think you know what Omega is. Better be sorry. You get Omegas from fish. Mm-hmm. Fish people. You. I work. I work in the health department of my school in the cooking section. I know where you get the Omegas. Okay. The Omega Threes comes from the fish. I'm pretty sure a lady touched my dog in cooking class, and that's not allowed. And what? the city of Boston. <laughs> Trey just got molested. <laughs> He's only just remembering it now. No, it was fine. Hang on a second, I've been members of it. was fine because I didn't have to eat the dog food. What? You were the dog food, though. No. She touched the dog and then she touched her food. Oh. Jesus. Well, and I thought Trevor was the rowdy one of you, Trevor. Amazing. That's what I said. I said, gosh. Gosh. Also, didn't you ask the teacher to suck your dick in cooking? I did. I got in a lot of trouble for that. (laughs) What? Funny how small of a world we have, huh? You said, that's enough of that sexual innuendo. Oh, yeah. Okay, that teacher was then. Okay. That was a different teacher. Oh. What does this one say? I think she wanted me to pay attention in class or something. Like, I don't know what to talk about. Oh, yeah, it was just suck my dick. That is a snappy comeback. <laughs> Lick my dog. Lick my dog, miss. God damn it. 
We got a lot of work to do. <laughs> <laughs> I love when we were school all the time. <laughs> nah, that's cool too. I guess I'll go back to school and try that one. Nope. For now though, we'll talk about the first issue. Book one, The Ordeal. Um... Did you say suck my feet? I just said smick my feet. Alright. Okay, chill. I don't know why I thought that was funny. I was like, it rhymes like... Yeah. We're two dumb comments away from having to take my shirt off. <laughs> okay. The cult opens with a nightmare sequence, alright? Not the most original thing these days, sure, but the page artwork of the spooky house on its lonely hill is gorgeous, and it sets a grim tone. It's very isolated. It's, it's, I think it's very cool art. Um, it's Hmm. Uh, when Batman wakes, we see a torn and bloody Batman chained to a pipe in the sewers. Ha uh-huh. Hmm. The Ninja Turtles got him. <laughs> they could have. Oh, no. Yeah, he's not sure how long he's been there anymore, but he's um been deprived of like sleep and food for long enough to uh, be having a, li- a little trouble telling the nightmares in his head from the shitty nightmares of his reality. Um, an ugly little dude is there telling him stories about a shaman from an old Native American tribe who claimed to speak with the words of God. Eventually, the chief grew jealous and the tribe started to split. Half thought the shaman was talking shit. The other half believed him and stood against the chief. Uh, A meeting between these two leaders was organized but went pear-shaped almost immediately when the shaman beaten and killed the chief. He beaten? He beaten and killed the chief? He beaten. Yeah, he whooped him. Like an egg. Okay. He beaten him off. Like an egg. <laughs> beat me off like an egg. <laughs> beat me off like an egg. Yeah. How about you take me aside and split me a thumbnail? Split me off like a coconut. Slam me like a car door, babe. <laughs> Fuck, I lost my place in my notes. Like, this is not good. He sure did. He got, he got some arrows in his chest. Yeah, the shaman was... He got some arrows. Yep, so the shaman gets, you know, murdered for killing the chief. But he falls to his knees, but nothing more. Like, he's loaded with arrows. Um, He cannot be killed by just mere men, apparently. Unsure of what to do with this man, the tribe tie him to a stone and put him in a cave. He's Jesus! He is Jesus. A totem of warning placed at the boulder that blocked the only entrance to his tomb. But the thing is, the glory of the shaman couldn't be quenched. That's right. What do you think about that? Yeah, I going to teach you to quench your shaman. Yeah, mate. <laughs> oh my god. Got a bladder infection. Obviously, Batman isn't buying this false prophet stuff, and the little rat-faced man telling the story cracks the shits that Batman doesn't respect it. But the calm, peaceful leader comes in. Mr. Deacon Joseph Blackfire. The shaman from the story, obviously. Um, he's a big, tall, confident-looking dude. And he's he's got like he's got an aura about him. Like the art is very good. He's just a dude in a priest outfit. Every but that seems to be all it needs. Every time I see him even like in between issues, mm-hmm. it takes me a sec to go, Oh, that's him because I just assumed he would look like he does in Arkham Knight. Yeah. It's not at all. Yeah, we'll we'll touch on it later, but yeah. then, like even now I know that we're talking about this and I look over and go, Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Um, yeah, he's got this, it's weird, he's just drawn big, but not like in a scale, it's more like a What would you do aura. in Titanic, um, whatever her name is, asks whatever his name is that draw me big? Draw me Rose big. Rose and Jack. Draw me big, Jack. Draw me with big knees, like that weird fetish. Draw me big, Jack. What? Is that a thing? Apparently. If you Google a character and just scroll far enough, you'll get a bunch of weird, like, inflatable porn. But they're all just big. Oh. It's fun. Um. Unless you type in Kingpin, because then it goes the other way. <laughs> oh. oh, sexy skinny kid. Um. 
I'd like to see Deacon Blackfire used more than the never that he is currently. Has he been used again? He was used w- briefly in the New 52 and briefly in the Rebirth. We don't count. If the original continuity, like Prime Earth and what have you, that's, this is it. Um, Batman remembers when the Deacon opened a shelter for a homeless for the homeless in shitty Gotham neighbourhoods. Yeah, so it's in a dump. Um, the Bat had been keeping an eye on it because, you know, it, it was likely to get ransacked or looted where it is. It also probably would have been full of, you know, impressionable wards. <laughs> He's there looking for Robins, you reckon? I'm just going to hand out some uh, business cards uh, for a friend. Alright. <laughs> he could probably be... Um, he, he kind of gets the impression it's a bit like Leslie Tompkins, you know, doing her thing in the shitty part of town. Um, but no problems ever come, and Batman was sort of moved on to follow a case and just kind of forgot about the shelter. Um, the case was groups of people beating the shit out of a biker gang member and then scurrying away. Yep. We cut back to the present. This dirty rat-faced man tells of being bought into the religion by its members and how, um, how with their quote-unquote truth, he kicked his uh, drug habits and joined the people. Batman lets him have his moment with the deacon, whatever, choosing not to be a smartass about it. Knowing full well it's a common cult tactic to find someone with a shitty, shitty life and give them a slightly less shitty, shitty life. Give them five bucks. Yep. To them, suddenly, you have given them everything and you could also take it away. Um, Batman's done his research and so has Jim Starlin and I fucking love it. Including this man's story just now, we have already seen five of the, like, classic moves by false prophets, cults, and Charlie Manson. Get locked in a cave with a big rock. Yeah. Uh, hashtag Jesus. Can you guys? Can you guys pick the other four in our first five pages of this? The thing is just said about someone who sucks. Yep. And making it less sucky. Mm-hmm. Wearing cool clothes. A backhand. Backhand. Being in the bad part of town. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna tell you the answers. Having a hospital. Hmm. Um, Getting crucified. A large man's name. Alright, so. And a hammer. Deacon Blackfire is depriving members of food and sleep. And that's a great way to break a human down. We see Om Shinrikyo's death cult um, that was gaining traction at the time this comic was written. Um, some of us go turbo mode though when we do that. We well, just get hungry. Podcast. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it breaks down your personality and makes you more, more malleable. It turbo. Yep. Um, another one is claiming to be unkillable. That's something cult leaders also do. See Jim Jones and his amazingly good fake assassinations Wait, that he would do. He did. He totally. I'm unkillable. Oh, great. If someone told me. I'm going to give you all my money and live in a compound in your fucking backyard. Cool, okay. Alright. Hit him with like a big stick. stick. Sweet. Hit him with a stick, huh? And see if it hurts him. You just stand there like. It doesn't say that I can't get hurt. It just says that I can't Yeah, but die. if you can be hurt, you can be killed. I, I, got, I got a good trivia for one of Jim Jones's assassination attempts. Right. He goes outside. He takes his gun. He just fires it at the house a couple times and runs back in and goes, Oh, shit. Someone's trying to kill me, man. <laughs> what? Don't what? Laugh. He did. No. What? That's funny. Yeah, but did he die? No. I'm killable. <laughs> Confirmed. He's unkillable until he drinks poison. He was he was invincible until he died. Yeah. Well, everyone's invincible until they die. Duh. No, because you can get killed, Kyle. Yeah, no. Kyle. No, it's not until you it's die. It's not proven before you, you die. Drugs? You on drugs? No, it's just I'll back Kyle. Yeah. Okay. You can't. You can't be. You're what was that in South Park? He found the cure for death, but then was hit by a train before he could ride it down and died. Because you're alive until you die. Um. <laughs> yep. Kai said something about drugs. Drugs, wow. There's two rules in this podcast. 
There's actually a Percocet, and if you got any fucking Percocets. <laughs> hey, if you got Percocets, write and review. <laughs> Having the rat-faced man beat Batman is an important key there because the deacon comes in all peacefully to stop the violence. That's a common move. Um, you know, the oh, I'm not the cruel one. I'm the guiding hand of reason. Now drink my Kool-Aid. Like, that sort of shit. <laughs> drink my Kool-Aid. Yeah. It's not poison. It's a move I can't specifically link to any cult leader, because they all fucking do that. Charles Manson did that. Fucking Scientology probably does that. Jesus. Allegedly. That's technically, you're right, because priests would whip the people, not Jesus. Jesus is the nice one. He wouldn't have that guy do it. Hey, come on now, guys. <laughs> and the shelter, the homeless shelter itself is another one I've picked up on, because Deacon could have honestly been trying to make the world a better place at some point in his life, but Jim Jones also began with good intentions, trying to combat racial inequality before, you know, the power got him and he went all fucking nuts. Hitler too. Yeah. He was trying to improve Germany and get it out of recession post the Weimar Republic. He may have got a little fixated on a certain type of people. That's all I'm going to say. I don't want to cover that right now. We're here to talk about the cult. Okay. We're not reading Mouse or whatever that one is. Okay, back back to what we're talking about. Yep, so obviously some fat research went into creating the story that this book is. Either that or they were just using ideas of what they want to do. See, I... Maybe. See, I wondered because... A lot of the Om Shinrikyo Japanese death cult stuff is very matched to Deacon Blackfire. But Om Shinrikyo don't do their huge terrorist attack for four years after this book. I've never even heard of these movies. They put a bunch of sarin gas into the Japanese trains. It would have been the biggest terrorist attack in the world if they weren't so fucked up from living off three hours of sleep a night and cabbage. Yeah. Don't even eat cabbage. They don't. It's cult shit. Yeah, they eat cabbage during the cult. Okay. So while Batman's drifting around in delirium, we see um, a talk show that Bruce watched before the capture, obviously. Sort of a flashback. <laughs> this is taken right out of the pages of Dark Knight Returns. I think Trey personally would hate that shit. Because it's like the two people panels just discussing how Gotham City seems to have lost its homeless population. Like, it's just the two dudes on a talk show doing exposition. Because that was in Dark Knight Returns. So they obviously have to keep it going. Well, that's okay. Like, if they're doing a thing and it's kind of recognised towards them, then may as well, like, keep claiming it. Oh, yeah, it's obviously in the vein of book. <laughs> um, yeah, so they're discussing how all the homeless people have gone. That's weird. Where did we put them? Yeah, but no one... Not in our house. No, no one wants to know about it because they don't want to deal with it. Huh. Um, and no one is sleeping in the streets anymore, so why try and fix that? Yeah, it's a little dismissive and bad, but... I, they you know, cut, they cut their homeless in home. It's fucking stupid wording. Memes, people. They went yeah. Um, When Batman drifts back into the present sort of present time reality, the little rat-faced fellow is telling more of his great stories um, of how after the tribe sealed away their shaman, all their crops died, the animals they hunted for food had all but disappeared. Um, in order to survive, the tribe had to pack up their shit and began to migrate to a new land, only to be slaughtered by the next tribe as they stepped onto their territory. Well, that'll uh, is this all. the secret origin of um, Pogondas? No, that group that went missing. Roanoke. The yeah. Malaysia Flat? No, it was Roanoke. Sort of similar, I guess. Oh, they're just it's hanging not. out somewhere in America. But, um, they're not talking about it. It's like, no, we've always used one. But that's the threat. That's, um, you know, Charles Manson and his race war because of the Beatles or the apocalypse for every death cult. Um, anyone who doesn't follow Blackfire meets a horrible fate. It's the same fucking thing every time. I'm a nice dude, 
But don't ever fucking step away from my light because you will be destroyed. Yeah. Tonight you will get your dick ripped off. Yeah. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Yay! Alright, we jump back to the case, you know, with the people beating up uh, criminals in Gotham. Um, they've escalated. Another trope of a death cult. Uh, this time they've cut a group of people up who were stealing VCRs because it's the 80s. Yes. I steal VCRs now. <laughs> it's very retro of you, my friend. Um, Batman follows bloody footprints to a manhole cover, um, which is the gorgeous embossed cover of the issue. Like, that's what the cover is, him finding the... hot on the trail. Um, very art, wonderful art in this book. I like it. It's a shame it's so underrated, um, because he... him climbing into the sewers and knowing there's no way of following him at this point, and it's just this really isolated image of just Batman standing... In this blue lit up sewer, yeah, yeah and it's everything else is everything's gold. fucking gold on that page, and it's just a quiet blue moment in the middle of it, and it's fucking beautiful. Yeah. Seriously, the colorist is like a absolute pro. Yeah. Is he the most complimentary colors? Mm. He's seen a color wheel, and he said, "Bitch, watch me." Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we jump back to another cultist telling their stories. Um, if you were listening to us describing the book and you're thinking, wow, this is inconsistent and jumping between a lot of shit, I'm very confused and having trouble following, I think it's on purpose. Because we've seen this writer do really fucking good stories before. This isn't Anne Nascenti just prattling on like a fucking idiot. This is Jim Starlin. And I think it's being confusing to show Batman's mind and how it's been influenced and worn out over the course of the book. Yeah, you don't do good later on. Mm. Um, and how cults and standardised religion will run meetings or sermons or something that run for hours and hours until you can't focus and your brain goes all mushy. I think it's trying to do it on purpose, because this is not a... It's written well, but it's jumpy. It definitely gives you that feeling that that's what it was actually trying to do. Like, it's not... Yeah, yeah it feels very deliberate. Yeah. Hmm. What do you think? About that, you, you've obviously read it before. Yeah, they do It's just a weird pacing move. I think I like it. Yeah, like it. There's not many other books that like go this long. That yeah, they. I can't really think of anything that paces as well as this. Everything's either like real full on and then slows down real bad. But this is kind of like a good. Mm. There's, there's no big event it's a quiet fucking Batman versus a dude with no powers and the only thing he does is influence people yeah like there's obviously bits that are more important or more fucked up or mm-hmm. whatever but it's like the whole book it doesn't feel like a letdown after something happens and yeah. would you like to see this one turned into a movie yes depending on who make it because should be I think one thing a Batman or a question movie could do that no, that very few other characters could is just a like a detective mystery. Mm. I also think the thing is though, like because he doesn't have any powers or anything like that, mm-hmm. like the disorientation of like the overall story in that means that it's got that like constant twist and turn. Like you don't know. If Batman's gonna like fix the story, mm. whereas like if you told me, oh, it's just Batman and some guy with no powers and that, they'd be like, oh, cool, Batman's gonna win. And it, yeah, it's also like it gives you that. And also because it's a fucking comic book where Superman exists, the fucking Shaman could be telling the truth. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It 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 gives you that little bit of. How much of this is legit and how much of this is made up? Because I don't even think they prove either way. Yeah. Um. At any rate, the the story here, it, we, we've jumped to another story about the shaman in 1609. The Dutch have landed on the shores of what would later become Gotham City. Um. He tells Batman about how they moved a the boulder to reveal the shaman still waiting inside. Um. While freeing him, you know. Just enough to keep him alive. Oh, while feeding. Batman's getting fed. This mushy, gross shit. Uh, it's pee. It might be peas. It, it looks like peas, yeah. 
No. Tries making a joke about urine, but he's yeah, actually he's pretty nice. close. Yeah. <laughs> P's mixed with P. Okay. P's and P. You, P. you decide which one I... P squared, first. my guy. P squared, my guy. You fucking asshole. What? <laughs> 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 yeah, Batman's paranoid that the fruit is laced with something to help the stories go down easier. Which is another Omshin Rekio tactic. Yeah. Um, you're joking, but yeah. Some per- someone will be having trouble believing all the hijinks and... Um, what the fuck's his name, Kai? The Omshin Rekio fella. I wrote it down somewhere, but it's irrelevant. I'll come back to it later. Yeah, I'll come back to it. But he says, um... He'll be like, come have a private meeting with me, your, uh, messiah. And we'll clear up any concerns you have. Would you like some tea? And it's just like fucking fifty percent LSD. Oh. And you can tell him all sorts of I wacky don't drink things. Tea. Well, guess what? You're going. You're you got probably any beaten. You got new Mountain Dew. Um. Yeah. So we cut back to the case Batman was following, and we see him get captured while attacking two two guys robbing a pretzel vendor. Batman is shot by the terrified man who's attempting to save. Um. It drops him, you know, because he's not fucking perfect, and he got shot. He hits the ground a little bit, but one of the thugs gets ready to, uh, you know, shoot Batman again. But he's saved by one of the weird homeless Avengers that have been roaming the streets and attacking criminals. Um, Batman blacks out, but before he knows it, he is chained up where he is currently in the book. That's how he got where he is. Wow. Uh, the deacon approaches him and welcomes him with open arms. You know, I'm a peaceful guy, whatever. Exactly. Yeah, with open arms, he greets a dude who's a chained up captive. Yeah. That's fucking. That's very cult right there. Yeah. See the methods and the madness, future boys. There it is. The only way to get people in your cult is to give them a little smooch. Okay. Meanwhile, in the present, we see Commissioner Gordon talking with the current Robin. Who is a young Jason Todd? Poor kid doesn't know what his fate would be the rest of this year. Yeah, he fucked. Yeah. Um, realizing how close together these stories are, like this and Death of the Family, Jason's mere presence is like super foreboding now. With the hindsight, it's like, oh, he's gonna solve the case and promptly be killed. Yeah. Because he's not, he's, he's not like asshole Jason Todd in this. He's trying to fucking save Batman. Yeah, he's just normal, like, Personality-less Robin at this point. Yeah, he's, he's got a job to do. Yeah, it, it, it. It's just like, he's been gone for a while, he didn't talk to me. I think it kicks in that little element of, um, the, like, the dark hopelessness of this book is that, you know, the boy dies. Um, yeah, he's talking to Commissioner Gordon about Batman, who's been gone for well over a week now without any contact. While Gotham is slowly getting deserted, pimps, junkies, sex workers, and dealers aren't anywhere to be seen. Um, the nights are quiet, and Batman isn't, like, anywhere to be seen. It's weird. As if they wouldn't be like, Batman did it. Crime's gone. He's retired. He ran out of villains. He just started arresting homeless people for loitering. Yeah. Um, the story of the shaman. That continues with another settlement coming in to check on the Dutch that found the cave he was in. Um, there's blood everywhere, but no bodies. The only person they see is a tall Native American walking away in the distance. Um, I really like this scene here because after this chapter of the Blackfire story, Batman is, like, he's dismissive and doesn't give a shit. And, like, the cultist just gets uppity for not for him not caring about his, like, story. Because he's telling the most important story that cultist will ever know. And Batman's like, bitch. Um, yeah, he, um, the, the cultist gets, you know, holy rage and pulls a red hot steel rod from a fire. Um, he holds it up to Batman and he keeps a straight face. I like that. Like the no fucking fear about it. Um, and then it cuts to Deacon Blackfire waiting just around the corner listening to the screams of the Dark Knight. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I don't like perfect Batman. Oh, that's shit. Yeah, he can't be infallible like Graham Morrison writes him, because that defeats the purpose of a man trying to save ma- yeah. mankind. Because Yeah, he's obviously a fucking weirdo, but, you know, if he's completely invincible and 
knows everything that's going to happen, what's the point? Yeah. I, don't, I want a Batman who falls over when he gets shot, not a Batman who can control a fucking aeroplane. Yeah. Um. He can survive a nuclear bomb. Thanks, Nolan, you dick. Um, yeah, it makes him more of a hero that way. That um, he he can get captured. He can still feel great amounts of pain, but you know, he still keeps trying. He will still stand back up in defiance, and that's some that's some motivational shit. That's good. Yeah. So I like the Batman screams in this book. That's what a. You want to. Like, that's a pretty normal exactly. reaction. If anyone ever tries to burn you with a hot stick, the secret is to spit on it to cool it down rapidly. Suck, suck on it. Suck, suck that rod. <laughs> Does that sound good in your headphones, Kyle? Mm, no, thanks. Alright. <laughs> Meanwhile, we see another pimp torn asunder by the homeless people, Trey. Oh, no. They split him asunder. They split him open like a coconut. I kept doing that to me the other day, take off my hat and do that, and there's something real weird and she didn't figure it out. Okay. In the JCPD building, we see that between the disappearing army of the homeless and the people they are killing, in this single week there have been over 500 missing people reports. Shortly after the pimp was killed, one of the victims of his violence comes and talks to Batman about he slashed her, how he slashed her face. And she lost an eye while he was, like, mad and drunk. Well, that's fucking stupid, Pimp, because no one's going to bang her then. You're not going to make any money. Yeah. Showing this beautiful woman, you know, obviously, who's gone through hardships but has been saved, um, she praises the actions of her religion, and that's something called flirty fishing. That is why the people doing audits for Scientology are usually really hot. So you tolerate their shit a little bit longer. Um, not a cult. Probably shouldn't put it in the same category because American listeners will get mad. But that was a very common thing before they just drafted and forced them to join the war. They'd get the hottest fucking Agent Carter looking motherfucker at the door and be like, I'll kiss you on the cheek if you join the army and get shot and blown up for us. Um, Tom Cruise isn't hot. I wouldn't join the thing if Tom Cruise gave me a kiss. Who you well, What about um John Travolta? How about that? Alright. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Is he dressed? Like, yes. Like <laughs> from the movie Hairspray. Oh, is he a big fat mom? Oh. Alright. I just look, I need that clarification in my life. Yep, after Batman hears this woman's uh, moving testimony, the deacon drugs him and takes the chains off. Um, finally showing how kind and gentle he is to f- take the chains off this poor man that he fucking captured in the first place. Colts, mate. Yes. Nobody will, Nobody will know that I did that. <laughs> yep, he's a bastard. Um, he does the Red Hood or Punisher speech about how the justice system doesn't work. You got to kill all the things, you know. But he obviously adds a lot more God stuff than old Frank Castle does. But while he's talking, he guides Batman to the totem from the story. This mythological statue that kind of looks like a dick, but he was told is mythological by these people. Can you imagine like Punisher's like? Hanging out the front of like hardcore Catholic, and it's like a big like crime family, and he just pulls out his gun and goes, "This one's for Jesus." Yeah, yeah. he doesn't. There isn't he like what? Yeah. yeah, he fucking kicks in the door of the dining hall and says, "You had your last supper," and fucking grenades him. <laughs> I don't think you know what religions is. Um, yep. I know that's a different religion. I think it's a good... The first issue ends really well, I think. Oh, the big dick, man. Yeah. It is. It's a big penis-shaped totem. What a big, big dick, man. Yeah, but, um... He just takes Here is a replica of my dog. Put Bat- my head on it. <laughs> but this is this is Batman, and it's being read by Batman fans. Everyone's expecting him to find a way out of this jam and save the day. He turns around and says... I see. I see your hopes. Before collapsing, yeah. Um, the the issue ends without goddamn hope for Batman. We see, like, he's one of them now. And we see a fucking young guy about our age getting killed for moving small amounts of drugs between dealers and buyers. He's just a messenger boy trying to get by. And he's, like, 
Split asunder, Trey. You shouldn't do drugs. I don't care if you're the messenger boy. Yeah, he's, he's not doing yeah. drugs. He's just... He's just That's bad. He's trying to get by. Have a this message back. That's bad. Look, Gotham City's based on 80s New York. It's like the most horrible fucking war-torn shitty place in America. Well, you should move Why to Wisconsin. This? Yeah. Do cool shit. Why is this man a blue? Because it's colouring. Oh, he's got a blue. He's just in the he's, shadows. Um, he's Smurf Man. <laughs> he's Smurf Man. <laughs> Yep, so the issue ends with this big, somehow isolated villa, um, image of Gotham City. It's very pretty. Yeah, that's very pretty. Mm. That drawing of Gotham looks very similar to the Gotham City in Arkham Knight. Yeah. Like a lot of the bridges and not specific towers, but positions of everything. It looks like an etching. A lot of this book is in this ga- is in that game. Um, Miyagani Island is named after the tribe Blackfire came to have come from. And aside from the small appearance in the New 52, and his ghost may be possessed in his relatives in the Rebirth era of comics, Arkham Knight is the only time Blackfire has been used, like, at all, really, and properly, ever, since this book came out. <coughs> and we like the Arkham series. Yeah. I like when he shows up, it's kind of like very unexpected. I'm, you know what I missed the first playthrough, but I really appreciate when you go in and talk to uh, pre-creeper Jack Ryder, sorry, mm-hmm. he's listening to tapes recorded of Blackfire's yeah, um, sermons, and they're fucking. He gets they are very Jim Jonesy, and it's very cool. I could sit there and just listen to those, and no one on YouTube has recorded them for me to do that, so I'm gonna have to like play half the game to do that. Yeah, funny when it's in big head mode. <laughs> I'm sure he does. So what do you guys think of the cults? We're uh, obviously going to have to break this up into parts. Yeah. Well, I, they're thick books and I want to be thorough because these don't have the death in the family. These don't have the Dark Knight Returns. They don't have the trades. They don't have hardcovers. No one gives a shit. And it's very underrated, I think. It's pretty cool. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I thought it would be bigger than what, like, when... You said this is what we were doing. Mm. I thought it'd be bigger than what it is. Because it sounded like a really cool idea. It's a comic. Mm. But, yeah. but they don't like... They don't drag it out or anything. It's like very well paced. In its way. Mm. But we will cover more of it next week. He yeah, also might have been someone who comes back in Blackest Night. Yeah, but then they, like, kill him again, and it's, like, immediate. They don't, so you don't see him do you any... You see how you're supposed to know that that scene is just a guy. Yeah, it's just another Black Lantern goon that gets smacked by the end of the issue. <coughs> he gets his... Oh, yeah. Thanks, Carl. What do you think of Batman's The Cult? That's pretty good. I think choosing an artist who does nothing but horror books helps, like, yeah. a lot. That fucking... It definitely gives it that, like... Well, this is, this is mid-late 80s. This is when Wolverine's uh, black ear thingies were the biggest and most ridiculous they'd ever been. He looked like a fucking koala. Yeah. Art was not always very nice I've in read, that era. I'm reading about the New 52 stuff, because I've never read that. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you get to the line with the Joker's daughter as his enforcer, yep. you already know it's bad. Yeah, I, I, I didn't even take notes about it, because I've read it. <laughs> so, there it is. Mm. So, as we wrap up the first part of the School for Wayward Nerds rundown of Batman the Cult, I wanted to know some super obscure characters you'd like to see more of in your comics. Because, you know, Blackfire would be really well utilised at any point. It's got that creeping factor to it. I want a big event with Calendar Man. I miss Calendar Man. So many dope villains have just been, like, tossed aside to make room for more Joker shit. Mm-hmm. He was not scarecrow. He's like barely even got a big fucking thing. It's been a hot minute. He, they used him a bit in New Fifty Two, but that but was that was like two thousand and eleven now. Mm. Like a lot of these villains, like especially these Spider Man villains, a lot of them have like a thing that comes to mind. Yeah, you got like, Craven's Last Hunt. You've got um the lizard one you always talk about. Uh, shed. Yep. And yep. you've got like people like Goblin and Ock have several like. Everyone, Everyone knows, like, yeah. a Venom story arc. Like, I fucking love Scarecrow, and I can't even think of, like, 
a proper story arc that's really memorable. Well, used to collect the um the Arkham file trades, yeah. which fit uh, are just a villain and a bunch of stories therein. Yeah, it's, it's never a story arc. arc; it's always some bits. I think the latest yeah. one is Rachel Gould, which would be but also kind of weird because like Razal Gould, Tales from the Demons, already a trade. Yeah. Well, they still match all your other ones, but yeah. they're not story arcs; they're just little bits. Yeah, like the they're they're a best of compilation. They're not a fucking album. They've all got the first one. Those are always good. I'd like to see a lot of the early 90s, late 80s characters return. Because a lot of them have been totally forgotten. Even, like, um, the Tally Man. He sucks, and he was drawn bad. But he was cool. He was, like a, he was like if a Deathstroke assassin was a big, wacky, mad hatter motherfucker. Um, it was fun, because Deathstroke could suck it. I think there was another time in the New 52 when he tries to possess Maxi Zeus. Hey, what's he doing? Hey, also, Good old Zeus. That's the guy who needs to do shit. You want some more Zeus? Anyway. Um, yeah, you got Tallyman. I'd like to see Nocturna come back. Red Hood got to come back. Yeah. Bring her. She's good. She tried to adopt little Jason Todd. Yeah. I think you could do a lot with her in the Red Hood and the Outlaws um, comics if no, you wanted to bring her doing, back. They're different sweet fuck all in there. Exactly. You got time. You got nothing going on. And um, Cornelius Dirk was, was the other one. I don't even know if we've seen him outside of the Arkham Asylum Living Hell book. If we have, it's not enough, obviously. Like Black Mask do some shit. Like, Penguin fucking sucks. I don't <laughs> want to read about Penguin being like, oh, a cool crime boss while other shit's going on. Make it Black Mask. I like him. He's badass. Mm. Penguin's just a deformed fat fuck. I mean, you're With right. an umbrella. Who gives a shit? Other guy's wearing his dad's coffin as a face, and I think it's burnt to his skin. Yeah. That's cool. What about you, Maggie? Any others? I just like how this, this podcast could have been turned into this broken on Penguin. Well, that could always oh, be an episode. Right, the Roast of oh, Penguin. We'll do a Roast episode. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, Cornelius Dirk would be good because we haven't seen a good cannibal in ba- in Batman's for a little while. Zaz do some shit. Yeah, it's like how this is good because the villain is like not nothing. Mm. Zaz is just a guy with a knife. Give him a cool one. Yeah, he belongs in Gotham. He's no crazy superpower. He's not an invincible assassin with a fucking bird face. Cough, cough, blew half the two, the new 52 on talons for some reason. Usher's kind of like a one-hit wonder. I think he deserves another go. Um, the Paul Dini stuff with him was really good, but it's, again, like the cult, it's very abstract and not a lot of people have picked it up. Which is also a really bad thing for newcomers. Because, like, people will go, hey, I'm going to try and read a Batman. What are the ones to read? Everyone will say Dark Knight Returns. And that's not... A representation of Batman. That's him being his darkest, his most miserable. He shoots a man. He fights Superman for fucking no goddamn reason. Yeah, there's a Nazi in it. Cool. And he specifically says, "I respect your beliefs." He doesn't. I'm sorry. But that's it's a definite misrepresentation if you haven't read all the times he was a nice person before that. Whereas stuff like this and Heart of Hush would be really good. What's the biggest thing Riddler's been in? Like, it's mainly been Riddler. Showing up halfway through Hush is... Yeah, Hush ends up being about him a fair bit. I think Riddler's hard to write, because a lot of people won't try. Yeah. Because you have to be smarter than... Yeah, no, you have to have a very crazy IQ. Like, you have to be able to write it. Yeah. Just make all of the other ones. Pretty much anyone that's not Bane or Joker... And that's it, just do everybody else. Because I would have thought Bane was the same, but I'm like... Would it be fucking like 70 issues into mm. the Rebirth Batman? And I'm fucking sick of Bane. Yeah. I mean, Every fucking thing has been Bane, and then when something's not, it turns out Bane was behind it all along. Yeah. And for Leave some reason, Bane Thomas Wayne's still here. 
He just wants to be in his trench coat, and, disguised. Yeah, he's disguised. And he wants to go to the fruit market and just hang out there and not be put in any of the stories. He's just he's done. He wants his fruit. I would like to see, um, like, yeah. like um, Bane and Joker just put on hiatus for a minute. We have, like, the first three Batman titles of the Black Label. White Knight, a Joker story. Um, damned, a Joker story. Which so Etrigan's there. The other one where it's post-apocalyptic Gotham City and Batman just carries around Joker's head in a cage. Is that the same one where half of it is Bat or oh, Bruce in a mentor style? I have no idea. I'm sitting on the sure table. That part seemed cool. It's like Alfred's come to see, but he's like got this straight jacket with like this shitty cow on it. He's like, this is what you wear when you have moments. <laughs> just gonna put this on you because you're clearly having a time. Um, but yeah, like. That's three Joker stories. Like, bang, 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 like, right off the when bat. when they did stop with him for a while, like, in the New 52, they fucking blew it because everything else was shit, like, talent. And a lot of people was kind of cool, but they're like, let's make Jim Gordon have a mohawk when he should be, like, 50. <laughs> yeah. And he's Iron Man Batman. Yeah. And then Bruce goes in the trauma machine. Yeah, we had an opportunity to do things without the Joker, and, and they proceeded to create their own things instead of taking time to appreciate the, the stuff that's come before. We wanted Joker to come back to, to fix all the bullshit that he had, like yeah. cutting off his face for no reason. Yeah, we're like, oh, we miss good Joker. He came in, and then he just sat down on our couch and proceeded to live on our couch way longer than we did him here. Please, you yeah, can leave any time. He ate my damn broccolis. Oh no. Give us something without Catwoman too. Yeah. We could use a break from her after the wedding. Alright, there it is. Um, yeah. Take the time to appreciate some other characters. Powers. Because quiet ones like Deacon Blackfire are fucking absolute bangers. And, you know, they're just sitting on the shelf collecting dust. Does Nightwing remember who he is yet? I don't know. I'm like three years behind on my books. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, the cult is good. If they put it out in a trade, definitely I'd say pick it up. Because we could describe it like verbatim, and it's not gonna, it's not gonna have that same. Feel. It's not gonna have the same smell either. Yeah, sniffy books. Make sure, see if they smell like old cigar sniff and bad decisions. Things. Don't just sniff books. There's a whole lot of smells out there. Collect them all. <laughs> My issues of the cult smell like a mix between. Like an old 1950s detective's office and a divorce. Oh. Or like the waiting room <laughs> of a brothel where you like hang out on the couch. I wish. I gotta spray a bunch of like Hello Kitty perfume on them to get that, that, no, it's that like horrible one sweetness. No, in a small town. Okay. Well, there it is, guys. A bit of, bit of smell talk before we close the out the episode. Is That's right. Hmm, I'm trying to find a way to mix the word perfume and podcast together. But I'm not gonna do it. Fuck you. My name's Sarah Fowler, and this has been the School of the Wayward Nerds talking about the cults. I've been joined by our wonderful producer, Kirsten. Ah. Amazing. We've been joined by Megan Chikatilo. What? Give him a good one. Kill him off. Yep. Back in year one and nothing else, and that's a damn shame. So nothing. I like Kirsten. Me too. Are you okay there? Yeah. Set shit on fire. Burn it all. Make a movie out of the, the little one we made. It's a baby. Oh, God Baby Darkseid. Yeah. Alright. <laughs> I'm also joined by the wonderful White Collar. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> there he is. Remember to rate, subscribe, do all the things that get our podcast listened to by fucking anybody. Uh, spot on. There it is. Hey, Class you ever ask a teacher to rate and review podcasts? <laughs> no. I should just send them all friend requests now. Exactly. On LinkedIn or whatever it is old I people got use. I detention once because I asked my teacher in primary school, or what do we call that in America? Elementary school? Yeah. I think Elementary one, yes. Um, I asked the teacher what orgasmic was, <laughs> and he said, try to never say that. And I said, but Salad Fingers says he feels that when he touches spoons. And you got a detention. But I was being full serious. <laughs> I didn't know what the fuck it meant yet. Mm hmm. And you still don't. No. Poor Meg. I oh. fake it. Aww. No, like I... What? 
If you ever said it makes me want to ejaculate, I wouldn't know what that meant, but I didn't know what orgasmic meant yet. I was like a boy. 12. <laughs> and when I said about some fingers and spoons, the teacher was real fucking confused, so he <laughs> told me off. You've been having a lot of repressed memories this episode. No, I always remember these. I just don't know how to string them in a conversation. <laughs> well, you found a way this week. There are plenty of things that happened in my life. Name one thing that happened in your life. Cut the episode. No, what's another one? Um, cooking class. No, no. Another. Um, I remember the time me and Toby got a TV and we hit it with a hammer and something came out of it like a liquid and we were real confused. Why would a TV have that in it? <laughs> we got it sourced out, Meg. Oh. There it is. Class dismissed, everybody. Have a good one. Oh, that must be the battery acid. <laughs> <laughs> Did he just look like, like a sledgehammer? Yeah. yeah. It must yeah. be just like a range. And then he gave the um, remote to Sean. No, that was a way different time. We've broken oh. many TVs. Oh. That's a that's a thing now. I remember 